Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the only show on the internet to be cancelled and then be uncancelled. <laughs> I'm Sebastian. Hi. I'm Andy Schossler. Welcome. I'm Jordan. We are back. We did back it. for some variety for <laughs> approximately an hour, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Definitely less. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, God. I haven't done one of these in months. It's been like at least two or three months, I'd say. Let's That's just blame Rona. I think that's the easiest thing. Have you done anything noteworthy in the last few months? I have sat on my ass at home. I mean, kind of. I mean, there isn't a lot of new stuff that has come out. Um, no. I, I, for the most part, whenever I have been watching something, uh, it's been binging something mm. very nostalgic, like Scrubs. Very much the same. Most, I've been doing the exact same yeah. thing. I started yeah. Scrubs again a couple of weeks ago. Well, joke's on you. I started a new game on Wednesday. Yes. It's terrible. I can't wait to talk about it today. <laughs> well, talk about it right now. Oh, well, I thought we were going to do the thing where we, we, t- we mention our thing and then we come back. Oh, I'm going to talk about how awful Space Force is. Okay. <laughs> Jordan? Uh, I'm going to quick fire review a couple movies outside of our schedule that I've watched and enjoyed recently. <gasps> Very nice. I've been playing the Nintendo Switch exclusive Japanese game Digimon Cyber Sleuth. <laughs> Yep. Okay. It was on special. <laughs> I paid thirty dollars for it. I know most of those are <laughs> English words. Sleuth, I'm familiar with. Yep. Cyber. <laughs> Cyber as well. Japanese. That's, well, that is a word I have heard <laughs> once or twice. Yep. I've been playing a Nintendo Switch Digimon game in which you play a internet detective who has the ability to go in and out of cyberspace, and it is a Final Fantasy esque. RPG where you have a team of Digimon in which you take turn-based battles and go through a story that is an entirely audio audible in Japanese and with uh, English subtitles. And yes, it has all the same hilarious tropes. It would assume that things do not make sense or the grammar is just optional. Um, <laughs> the Japanese don't care. They'll lean into stereotypes. It's fine. And it's, and it's fun. And occasionally I'm like, oh, that person's dressed a little bit more scantily than I thought they would be for this game based off a children's property. But I guess it's not. Um, it's fine. That's my review. <laughs> the game is fine. I was shocked to see that I have sunk 100 hours of, of my life into it over the last couple of- Japanese oh censorship Lord. is the weirdest thing. Yes, I think that's it's a better topic strange. than this game. It's, I mean, <laughs> Japanese, if you've ever seen anything anything that is obviously a Japanese animation uh, and it's and it's censored, like for instance, you know, if if, if there's a penis, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a cartoon penis, okay? But it's censored because there's a tiny black bar over over the urethra of the penis. None of the, the rest of it is fine. Just a tiny black bar over the urethra, and that somehow is censored appropriate. Huh. Yeah, that's fine. Weird, right? <laughs> it's like it's like people that censor a breast by by censoring the nipple, the nipple. Yeah. And that somehow It's know, completely changed. I assume. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Japanese censorship is a weird thing, like as well, like it goes the other, other way, I guess. When you look at Japanese properties in terms of violence, they tend to be more violent in Japan. But when That's the Western true, yeah. product comes over, they tend to be really scaled down. And I mean, given who I am in my generation, Dragon Ball Z is the big reference for me that the Japanese version has a lot more blood in it and a lot mm. more dismemberments and this and that. Right. Whereas the um, the US version that we get, it's not. It's it's just like you take a blast and you're on the ground and you're fine. Like, <laughs> or you you might be dead, but you're not. There's no blood and there's no missing body parts here and there. There was only one character that ever loses a limb, and it's Piccolo, and he grows him back. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Americans don't bleed, Seb. They do. They they bleed red, <laughs> white, and blue. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole thing. Um, but yeah, this game is. It's fine. I've kind of gotten bored with the story and I'm just there to grind my Digimon to level them up, to turn them into better Digimon. And that's, for me, it's like, I wish there was a skip dialogue button, but there isn't. I can smash through it as quickly as I can. The story is- Maybe if you were better at the game, you wouldn't have to see the cutscenes more than once, Seb. No, no, it's the same. You know, I mean, I actually haven't game overed once the entire time. Oh, good. <laughs> like it's, it's just the fact that there's a lot of them because they're, they're okay. trying to be really heavy on the story and I just haven't found the story to be interesting enough. Okay. yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It's fine. It was it was on special for like I think I paid like thirty odd dollars for Australian. Um, yeah, if you see that and you're partially interested, and it says eighty dollars, like it is normally full price, do not. It's not a bad game. It's just there's no love there. Like it just doesn't get me. What I'm excited for is I have just downloaded Persona Five on the PlayStation Four. I have not hit play yet though. I downloaded it like yesterday, in fact, of day of recording. So I'm hoping to get to that in the next couple what's, of weeks. What's Persona? It's another Japanese um, RPG role-playing okay. game, but heavily in, on the story, fully voice acted, and it's just meant to be great. I've actually never played one of them before, but it was on special because they they're having sales at the moment, and it was $25 down from 100 So, But I've heard incredible things about that one, so I'm just hoping to do that. I, but I can't talk about it much because I've not <laughs> even hit play yet. That's my life at the moment. Um, that and binging and finishing community again. Which yeah, is good. A good I ran. Time. I ran through community as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show. I'm losing tolerance for the bad seasons. <laughs> as if I used to think like they're fine, and now I'm just like, oh no, I am at the stage where it's not as good. And even I, season mm. three, which is the last of the good community, mm-hmm. even that starts to get a little bit samey. Yeah, it turns out the season six though I'd seen less of, or I've seen it like less times because. There was a couple of episodes where I just completely forgot they existed. I forgot they mm. did paintball again in season six. Oh, right. Okay. And then I realized they did like a Mission Impossible style one. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I do remember that one now. And it was better than I thought it was going to be. But the fucking season four paintball episode was trash with the interdimensional <laughs> bullshit. Like it was just like, <laughs> let's just try our best, but actually yeah. not try. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's my, my life. And Dan Harmon had these ideas and the execs thought, okay, we can still do this without him. Yep. <laughs> and that, you can't. All he does is rehash his ideas, right? I will say <laughs> they do that too. Season six of Community, more than any other show I've ever seen, oh, sorry, any other season there, felt the most like Rick and Morty to me with a lot of, oh, the, okay. a lot of the humor there. That yeah. felt like that was where they channeled those ideas and, and went on with them. Right. Um, 
to the point where there was a couple of jokes that felt like they were actually recycled into Rick and Morty from there. So right. I can definitely see where they felt they were going to be a bit more experimental in that later season with that. Um, would I be opposed to a season seven or the sixth season in a movie? movie? Idea? Yeah. <laughs> no, I still would like that. That'd be nice. I want, I like to wrap it all up and I enjoy the characters. I just wish they didn't kill Pierce off. And I know there was a lot of stuff in terms of Chevy yeah. Chase's relationship with all the cast and crew there, but him leaving felt like the, the yeah. start of the of the death spiral for that show. It's definitely where it fell off a little bit. Yeah. Shirley going as well, and obviously with um yeah. with Troy leaving. Mm. Um, yeah. they lost three of their main cast members. It was just yeah. lucky they had such a big ensemble that it was it was fine. Um, I liked when they put Buzz Hickey in, the criminology professor, the one from Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, yeah. he was actually really good, but he didn't come back for the last season for whatever reason. And then they put in um, oh, what's her name? Jordan Brewster, is that the right one? Anyway, the, the lady from the last season, she's great. Um, yeah, Who replaced Britta or was Britta in the- No, Britta was- I haven't seen the sixth season. It was the one that was made for Yahoo Screen that no, was I, I, permanently yeah. responsible for Yahoo Screen tanking and shutting down. Oh. <laughs> I've only seen a little bit of the last season. I never got around to finishing it. Well, it's on Netflix with the rest of it all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's it. better than season five, way better than season four. But I think it was in like 12 or 13 episodes. Like it was a very short okay. season. I think, mm. I think they all are now that I think of it. Anyway, good shit, mostly. Well, Netflix doesn't produce <laughs> just good stuff. No. If only it did. <laughs> uh, a couple of months ago, they dropped Space Force, which was their new Greg Daniels, Steve Carell uh, project. Um, I was Sounds great on paper. Sounds great. On, when I first heard about it, I thought, okay, excellent. There's there's a um, an unofficial office successor hmm. starring Steve Carell. This is going to be great. Then I saw the trailer for it that they made and mm. I was less excited because it yeah, just seemed too. to be a lot of lame jokes. But at that point I kind of forgave it and thought, okay, maybe the series, you know, this is just the trailer and maybe they've hurried through pushing a trailer out right. or just save the good stuff for, for the actual show and this isn't, necessarily representative of what the show is going to be like. Unfortunately, it was. Mm. Because Space Force is... It's, it's, I wouldn't even say it's a dud. There's, there's something really unsatisfying about the entire series. Mm. I don't think it's because anybody was lazy. I just think it by the end of it, it was so compromised that it just wasn't fun anymore. Right. Um, I mean, every... Almost every uh, episode is written and directed by different people from from the previous episodes. Mm. So there's there's really no tonal coherence throughout yeah. the entire first season. Um, the characters aren't it, the the really the really tragic thing about it is that there are these great moments. You know, there are very few of them, and they're littered throughout the the entire season. But there are some really great moments. And the rest of the show is this <sighs> compromise into, into some lazy humour, into some lazy jokes. Yeah. That you wonder how on earth the script ever made it through all those uh, through all those processes. Like everybody saw it, obviously. Mm. They had a table read for it. The director of that episode read it and approved it. And Netflix executives read it and, and approved it. And it just seems like every single episode is an okay first draft. Right. And it just should have should have been more refined Worked as it went through. 
Yeah, and everybody involved, they're all... Something tells me around this time period, Greg Daniels was probably putting a lot more effort into Upload, which is fantastic in comparison. So you've seen... Not not even in comparison, like just directly against each other. Upload's brilliant. So I I remember we talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm, I did wind up finishing it. Excellent. Really, really loved it. And what do you think of of Upload up against... against, Even by itself, like I feel like it's fantastic. And then I've only seen a couple episodes of Space Force. Like I haven't finished it, but... Just directly next to each other, like it's such a stark comparison because it's makes me it makes me like what I have seen of Space Force even less yeah. because I know that this is just sitting over here, much See, more well well formed and developed. Yeah, compared to compared to Space Force, Upload tells a focused story. Mm. It's all about the the main guy and yeah. just about him dealing with his afterlife. Yeah. Right? Whereas Space Force, its focus keeps on shifting. Mm. In some episodes, it's about Mark Ned, which is Steve Carell's character. Um, in in some episodes, it's more about his job rather than his character. Right. Uh, in some, it's about John Malkovich's character, Mallory, uh, and, and, and about his his perspective on, on, on where space exploration should be focused, whether it's, um, whether it's science or, or military-based mm. or some combination of the two. And... Space Force kind of you know approaches addressing all these things, but there's never really any payoff for everything that they set up. There's never really any satisfactory payoff. Yeah, um, and whatever payoff there is is kind of lame. It's really stupid some of the time, like silly things. Um, in in the second episode, the the, the satellite that okay. So at, at the end of the first episode, uh, it, the whole episode is all about they need a launch. Right, Mark Ned says we need. You know, he he's getting pounded by his, the other chiefs of staff who are all um, think he's he's sort of this lame addition to the other military branches, and he's laughed at by everybody. So he's determined to get a win on the table and get a success, and he wants the launch to happen. Right. And the whole episode is Mallory uh, coming up against him and saying, "We're not ready. We're not ready to launch. We can't fast track a launch." It's going to end in disaster. Nothing's tested. We don't know what, what works. And you can't do that with space launches. They're risky to begin with. Yeah. And that's when everything's been you know triple checked. And we are nowhere near any of that. Mark says to hell with it and launches anyway. And everything's fine. So it kind of makes you think, okay, well, why build it up like there's going to be a problem? Yeah, there's, there's why never you put all that effort into it? And that's just the first episode. Then they get to the second one. Which is a character, you know, a second part of from from this, mm. and a, a Chinese satellite uh, <laughs> amputates <laughs> their their solar panels with some with some laser thing, mm. right? They've got it up there on a screen; they can see it visually. How you do that doesn't matter. It's a it's a comedy. Okay, you kind of forgive that, and so the panels are just kind of loose in space and floating away from the satellite, and everybody on the science side is ready to you know. Either either to pack it in and, and take the loss, or try and work out some some solution where they're going to you know use earth based uh, lasers to try and you know nudge these satellites back in over a matter of hours to mm-hmm. get back in line so that at least everything's kind of collected uh, in in the same area and they can launch a, a repair team right. uh, in a few months and and get get right on top of that. And Mark Ned discovers that there's <laughs> stupidly some animal testing satellite that's been you know in, in secretly up there testing cognitive abilities of animals in, in space right which seems like a mute point because we've got astronauts you know that have been going into the space regularly for the last 40 years so yeah. why would you need to test animals with it <laughs> anyway they're there 
And he doubles down on this plan. No, forget the science stuff. We're going to get this monkey that I've been told can operate tools somehow and he's going to fix the, the, the panels to the satellite for us. And of course that ends in disaster. Is this like a, meant to be like a good PR story for them? The thing is, it's not even funny. Hmm. You know, I mean, even that pitch doesn't... I, I don't see how you could make that pitch funny, let alone in actually executing it. It's just not funny at any point along way. Well, monkeys in people's clothes is always hilarious. <laughs> Isn't that the rule of it's comedy? It's always good at least for like a, you know, a heavy... <laughs> but it's it it's not played that way. It's kind of played like this would be a serious solution, and it just wouldn't. So his, his character, uh, Will Ferrell's character, no, Will Ferrell, um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Thank you. It would make more sense if it was Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, playing is the his role. character much like in The Office, where he's just an idiot? He's not though. That's the thing, Mark Ned. He's he's a four star general. That's the thing I got he's, from the first like episode or episode or two that I watched. I'm like, yeah, he's not like meant to be played as stupid. He's supposed to be this this very respectable guy that has gone mm. up through the ranks. He's not like some reject. Yeah. He's not forgotten about. This isn't a pet project of somebody's. This is a new branch of the military, of, of the defense force, I should say. Mm. And it's being headed up by a four-star general who has put in his time and earned his rank, but he just keeps on making stupid decisions and ignoring advice. Mm-hmm. And it's so unrealistic. It's not even funny. It's just unrealistic, and it's very unsatisfying. And the thing is, there's some brilliant moments between him and Mallory and some wonderful character development that happens for a few minutes throughout the entire season. There's a few minutes worth of good material right. and the rest of it is just empty. It's, it's not even bad. The real mm. tragedy is that it, it seems like they had something good or, or something good on paper and so many compromises were made along the way just to get it out yeah. that you ended up with you know, this... Smarty sandwich that was also, mm. you know, had a steak on it and right. and you know marmalade and yeah, let's <laughs> let, let's get a pancake on top of there because people love pancakes or maple right. syrup and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll serve it with a side of whiskey and 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 a milkshake. Right. Yeah. People love all those stuff. Like, am, all the, all those things, right? I will bite when you say <laughs> marmalade. <laughs> Paddington two was good. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a marmalade steak smarty mustard sandwich. I mean, you can't isolate, two of the you things need to take all of it at once. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. They just, nobody ever, nobody ever drew a line. Or it, it, it seems like nobody ever drew a line and said, no, this is what the show is going to be about. Let's keep it on that. There are just so many ideas that aren't complementary and yet they, they, they made it into the, into the, it's a real shame. Right. Because it seems like it's got the basis of being a good show. Mm. Now, it's just a matter of too many cooks in the kitchen yeah. trying to do too many things at once kind of situation. And other, another, some people have criticised it in terms of it simply not finding its footing. Mm. I don't think that's the case. I mean, you had a whole season. like. Well, people criticise, people who have criticised um, Space Force have said, okay, Parks and Rec and The Office mm. weren't good in their first season either. And by the time sure. the second season came around... It was essentially a different show, mm. and from like there, were, I feel like both they were probably already at a better place than Space Force seems to be by the end of their first seasons, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a good comparison mm. because while okay, there, there could be some changes made that would be better if it was more focused. It could be good, mm. but I think they've established a few things that just can't carry on. So right. either they would have to be abandoned which I'm not sure Netflix is 
going to do because they mm. don't abandon any ideas no. that, that <laughs> they've introduced into their shows. That's exactly right. Um, it's it's disappointing and unsatisfying, and not because it's bad, because it's lame. That's right. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? What do you have? A bunch of movies you said? Yeah, I've just been watching bits and pieces as they've popped up, just sort of outside of the schedule when I've feel like I've got the mind capacity to take in a movie instead of just watching something I've seen before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, first I've watched recently was The King of Staten Island, which is a new um, Judd Apatow movie. Oh. Which is, um, yeah, it's so it's Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson, who I've, I think I've said on the show before, I got a soft spot for Pete Davidson. I don't know why, I just like him. Uh, a lot of people hate him. Maybe it's just to be contrarian. I'm like, nah, he's all right by Pete me. Pete Davidson, what's he been in? Uh, he's like a regular cast member on like SNL. Oh, okay. I might know his face and I'd look him up. But yeah. Probably would, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like a, um, it's meant to be like a semi autobiographical movie for Pete Davidson. Um, it's basically set set on Staten Island, which is where he's from. And um, the main character is sort of loosely based on him and his life, I guess. Oh, isn't um, so the, the Marmaduke movie coming out? Oh, fantastic. Count me in. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically it's about a, um, a guy who's probably in his you know, late 20s, um, still living at home, not doing much with his life. Um, I think he wants to be like a, a tattoo artist, but he's not very good. <laughs> um, which is, And basically it's just all about um, sort of him and I guess how he's grown up. Um, so basically in the movie, his dad was a, a firefighter who died when he was quite young and he's never really properly come to grips with that. Whereas I guess... Conversely, Pete Davidson's dad was a firefighter as well and died in 9-11. Oh. Yeah, which is, he's fine, but that he makes jokes about it all the time. It's like half his act. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically about um, about himself there. And like, it's one of those kind of, I guess, sort of coming of age movies where a guy who doesn't really have much direction predictively kind of finds something to do with himself. He's got like this, you know, really successful little sister who's like going off to college while he's still, you know, living in his mom's basement, getting high okay. with his friends and stuff like that. Um, basically throughout the movie- it's like he, any um, other Judd Apatow character. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was say, it's one of those movies that like, I feel like there's two two lines to like a, a pie chart of Judd Apatow movies. And this one kind of sits in the middle, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's um, basically, his mom starts dating uh, this guy who's also a fireman, which I guess kind of upsets him because- Obviously, he's not dealt with that loss, and now you're bringing in someone else in the same profession. What's to say the same thing's not going to happen, type of thing? And they like him and and this guy have a a pretty fun sort of back and forth kind of relationship where, you know, the um the guy's trying to you know be nice and take him in and you know make friends and all this sort of stuff, and um like the the guy's just being a fucking dick because he doesn't want to doesn't want anything to do with him. Okay. Um. So he winds up um taking care of like his kids and stuff like that. You know, his mom's kind of like. You need something to do with your time. Look, take this guy's kids to, to school every day, pick them up, that sort of thing. And so after a while, um, he kind of just gets, his mom just kind of gets fed up and essentially kind of cuts him off. And that's when he then sort of finds finds a place where he can kind of grow and be a person like that does something with his life, which is okay. funnily enough when he kind of makes amends with this guy and starts hanging out at the firehouse. And so from there, he kind of, I guess without going into like super detail and like covering everything, he starts to find, I guess, like a bit of, um, what's the word? I guess like a bit of routine and okay. sort of something that he can do to make his time worthwhile, I guess. Like he just basically starts sort of helping out around the firehouse and like cool. living there as well. Okay. Um, it's, it's really, really fun. Like it's 
one of those movies where I said it's got like two sides of Judd Apatow movies. You've got like the the silly kind of stoner comedies, <laughs> and then you've got your you know funny people. This is forty kind of too indulgent, too long sort of movies as well. And I feel like it falls kind of really nicely in the middle, where it's got like this middle ground of you know there's some funny stuff like those earlier movies. There's more sort of deep thought out you know kind of I don't know. I guess that sort of trying to to find, you know, who the characters really are kind of thing, which I guess he does more in those later movies as opposed to it all just being like dick and fart jokes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's got a cinematic run here, but everywhere else it's on VOD. So it's probably worth checking out. Like, you know, if you've got a spare couple hours and you, if you're into Judd Apatow, like you'd probably like it. Like I said, it's kind of like that perfect kind of middle ground of his movies. Okay. That's pretty what was fun. his name again? Sorry. Sorry. The name of the film? Uh, King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island, thank you. Yeah, and then does he become the Fire King? Um, maybe not the Fire King, Ooh, but you know, okay. he starts to um, he do, it does wind up pretty well for him in the end, which is which is oh, nice. That it's yeah. like it's one of those movies where like from the start you can kind of predict what's going to happen, but you kind of like that because he's such like a obviously like a a fuck up and like just not really a good person, but you kind of want to root for him as well because like you can you get to kind of sympathize with who he is and what he's going through and, and kind of where he's at in his life. And so you, you want him to win in the end. And I think at the end of the day, like you know, things work out quite well for him. He winds up on a, on a pretty nice path. Okay. And then, I'm, um, I'm just looking at his IMDb. He hmm. doesn't play the douche in Parks and Rec, does he? Uh, no. That's I a different guy. Yeah, no. He, I think he's done like a bit part on there maybe. Okay. And he, he's rocked up on like Brooklyn Nine-Nine once or twice as well, just in like little bit parts. But no, he's not, um, not the douche. That's... Um, What's his name? Nick. Uh, fuck. What's his last name? We're talking about the the eagle or whatever his name, or the vulture. No, 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 no. In in Park, Parks, Parks and Rec. Oh, Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. Nine. Sorry, that's um. I can't remember his last name now. But he's oh, Nick Kroll. That's Nick it. Kroll. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's funny. You don't think of Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine Nine as SNL TV shows, no. but they have a lot oh, of SNL. A lot, yeah. In them, yeah. And um, the other one I watched recently that I really liked, same sort of um area i guess i was just scrolling through hulu looking for something to watch and um, palm springs popped up which is andy samberg and uh what's the name of the woman who was the mother on how i met your mother before they were like ah oh, no fuck that it's robin oh god i can't i know who you mean though i can't remember yeah it's like they're sort of the the two main characters wasn't really sure what it was i was just like ah, i like andy samberg i'll pop it on and so for the first sort of 20 minutes or so you kind of feel like it's just gonna be oh yeah it's a standard sort of romantic comedy kind of thing two people meet at a wedding in a remote location and start getting on and then about 20 minutes in it just takes this weird like hook turn into like groundhog day territory okay it becomes like it (laughs) becomes like a a time loop movie which i was like okay that's kind of weird i didn't expect that but i also like really enjoyed it so you get basically these two characters start you know they're just living the same day over and over and it's basically just them sort of coming to grips with that and kind of figuring out, okay, like how do we do this? And then one of them getting really fucking sick of it and being like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's nice. Cause like they do, like they obviously form a bit of a, like a relationship, which takes a few different turns here and there based off of like stuff that happened before they got into the time loop stuff that happens during. Okay. It's, yeah. It's really interesting. I think it's, um, I can't remember who like wrote and directed it, but I think it's their first movie. Which is like for a first time write and direct, it's really really interesting because I like I said going into it, I wasn't sure what 
I was kind of getting into, I was like, okay, this looks like it'll be fine for, you know, an hour and a half of mindless entertainment, but it actually is really, really good. And it's, from what I've seen, it's gotten like pretty favorable reviews as well. And I, th- I think it was just like a Hulu original. Like it's not like a big production or anything like that. Is it a good Andy Samberg performance or is he ringing it in? No, I think he, I think he's quite good. Like it's not like a, a that's my boy or anything like yeah. that type of thing. It, like, I feel like it's something that he liked and like knew okay. he could kind of sink his teeth into. He's really good in it. So is the, the other lady who I feel really bad that I can't remember her name. Um, but yeah, it, it's really, really good as well. Like if you've got, if you're an overseas viewer or you like to you know, be a little bit of a pirate, oh, it's on Hulu. Milliardi? That's her, Milliardi? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's on, on Hulu. I'm not sure what it's doing as far as releasing everywhere else because it is like a Hulu original film. It'll probably wind up on other services overseas at some point, but worth checking out. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Palm Excellent. Springs. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week, unless, yeah. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> um, social? Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. You can check out the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash second take. You can also follow myself on Twitter at Jordan MSPP. And you can follow me at Bastion underscore James. Uh, send us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com or jump onto our website, secondtakepodcast.com. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash second take. I'll probably use the normal outro this episode and not goodbye horses. There's every chance that's about to happen. Oh, thank God. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugara people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. 